Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And this week, I am pleased to bring you part two of episode seven our interview with Harold Knight, where we're talking about turkey hunting public land. In this part of the episode, Harold's going to talk to us about scouting public land, tips on where to find late-season turkeys, afternoon hunting tips, and some safety tips. So listen in. We're going to get right into the episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Getting back to the scouting on public land, you know, you, you mentioned the competition from, from the other hunters, and there may be other hunters in the area that you're hunting. When you're scouting the public land looking for that hot spot to hunt, how much consideration do you give to the fact that, well, this is going to be an area that may be heavily hunted, and are those areas that you're more likely to overlook and go somewhere else, or how does the competition or potential for competition from other hunters factor into your scouting? Yeah. That's a real good question, Andy. You know, I look uh, at the territory and how easy accessible it is to get in and out. And most of the time, if you've got a population of turkey, you're going to have a lot of turkey hunters there. I try to find a place as remote, uh, maybe not as big, you know, a small area. It might be a peninsula on the, off of one of the lakes, Kentucky Lake or Lake Barkley, and hard to, to get to. I might have to walk a little. I might get up and hear him for a long distance and then go to him. And things like that. And another thing I do on this public hunting ground that I learned right off was we hunt in the afternoon here in East, in Kentucky and Tennessee, just like you do in Alabama. I learned to hunt these turkeys in the middle of the day in the afternoon. For years, I didn't have much competition doing that. Now a lot of people have caught on that you can that you can uh, you know kill turkeys in the middle of the day and the afternoon just like you can in the morning. What I used to do, I'd take his public hunting ground and I'd drive around. There's lots of people camping, and mm-hmm. uh, I only enjoy talking to turkey hunters. So I'd stop and get acquainted with them, talk to them, and it'd be in the middle of the day. They'd be eating lunch or something, and they'd tell me. I never will forget this guy told me, he said, I left one up there and I worked him for three hours. I sat there and never did see him. And I thought to myself, he's got that backwards. That turkey worked him for three hours. Because <laughs> he was in the wrong location. And But anyway, they tell me that and then tell me where he's at. And I said, y'all hunting this afternoon? He said, no, I'm going to rest. 
and boy, that's all I need to know. And he would be just so easy. Because that turkey gobbled all day, and he'd sit in one place. He never got in the right location for that turkey to want to come to him. So those two things I learned to hunt in the middle of the day and the afternoon. You know, after those hens leave them, a lot of times they, they, they're going to get vocal again, you know. And I learned how to cut. When I say cut, you know, cutting like a turkey, you know, the cutting sound. And I learned to do that, and uh, and I tell you what, that was a great locator call. And those turkeys would answer you. If he ever answers you in the middle of the day or early afternoon, most of the time that turkey's going to come to you. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, again, I, I would get in my truck, and I'd drive around that. Uh, I see these people camping. I talk to them, and most time they love to tell you what they've heard and, and how bad ones fooled him and all that. And right. I love to hear the story. You know, uh, somebody told me, you know, I've, I'd like to know Andy how many thousands of turkey stories I've heard over the years. But I still like to hear them, and uh, I don't mind sitting and listening to a guy who's talking about how a turkey whipped him or. He couldn't call him up. He called him up and scared him or, you know, something. And uh, I still like to hear them stories. And I'd sit around and listen to these people, and and they, they'd tell me where they heard one and what he was doing, and I'd go try him out, you know, if he wasn't going hunting. Right. And a lot of times he'd whoop me, and a lot of times I'd get him. But uh, <laughs> that's the fun of turkey hunting. Absolutely. And, I haven't met many hunters that are not good storytellers, so I'm right there with you. I love to sit and talk to folks, and you not only get an entertaining story most of the time, but you can also glean some sort of information, whether it's something about that particular turkey or something about turkey hunting in general. So it's always good to get those stories. Yeah, absolutely, and i tell you something else. All these people, most every turkey hunter, have a turkey call with them. I'm always fascinated about his call and how he calls them and what kind of call he uses and uh, and just everything, you know. I, I, it's, it's enjoyable to, to talk to people that that really likes the turkey hunt because he really likes turkey hunt. He's going to put the time and effort to learn all he can and by gosh, he can teach you something. Just because I'm hunting for 60 years don't mean that I can't learn something. I can tell you that. I feel like I learn something every day I go out. But uh, public hunting ground, you know, it's it's fun, it's rewarding when you get to kill your big old gobbler that's been chased by a lot of people, and, and you know it's, it's a little tougher. You know, another thing, too, I've hunted, you know, ground in different states, public hunting ground. You know, even in the states you live in, Alabama, I hunt uh, a lot of places in Alabama. I've hunted from Barber County around your fall all the way down to Mountville, uh, you know, and all the way, just just about it, every county. I bet I've hunted right. 30 or 40 counties in Alabama. And mm -hmm. uh, Alabama has got a real good wild turkey. I can tell you that. He's a wild dude. He's a wild one. And uh, I've run into some of them down there that put me on my butt. And then every down and I kill one. But I tell you what, you got some a good wild turkey in Alabama. And that's what I hunted, raised on all my life in here in the land between the lakes. A real wild turkey. That sucker is wild. 
Yeah, I went on a fantastic turkey hunt this year to North Dakota, South Dakota, and we ended up killing there pretty quickly. So we went to Montana and we hunted public land. And I, I like hunting those birds that don't get a lot of pressure because they sure do make you feel good. But, you know, there's something about killing a bird that, that you know has been hunted and he's a smart bird and he's wily and he's going to do everything he can do to outsmart you in the woods. And, you know, something to hunting that bird and being successful killing him that you just can't replace by killing these birds that you can slam the truck door and they come running up to you. Yeah. So. You know, another tip I own the hunting public hunting ground too that I uh, do over the years, I try to figure out what the biggest majority of the people, what kind of call they're using. Mm-hmm. And I try to get something of a different pitch, you know. Might be a higher pitch or something, you know, just different. And right. and sometime I, at the end of the season over in the land between the lakes or even Fort Campbell or somewhere, I'll use a tube call. Something that's just totally different, you know, you know, pitch. And you might be surprised how turkeys react to that at the end of the And it's public, and another thing I do in public hunting ground, I look at a map, a topo map, and I find all the old grown up fields and places where these hens are going to nest. Mm-hmm. And, and invariably, at the, at the time these hens go to nesting, it's sort of the end of the season. Turkey hunting is getting tough. But boy, them turkeys will follow those hens right to those nesting areas. Down these old growed up fields. And I've learned to hunt there. And at the very end of the season, if I ever hear him gobble, I'm not going to... The, the turkeys here in public hunting ground, they tone their calling down real... Not much at all. It's very unseat the hens. The hens are near as vocal, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. Call it's just a real, real light yelp or something. Just a, you know, just something real light, and just right. let him know I'm there. And then I shut up. Next thing you know, you see it big white and red head looking at you. Yeah. You know, you got to change your calling to unseat. Just a lot less calling. And you get by a lot of calling the first of the season, the middle of the season, but the end of the season, he don't want to hear all that calling. Right. Yeah, that that's an interesting point because I've had some people tell me, and and now you know they're people that I would consider to be turkey hunting experts tell me that when they hunt public land, that they really don't do anything different than they do in their own private land, except they're going to cover more ground. They're just going to run and gun and keep going until they find a turkey that wants to play ball, and they're going to call just as much and call just as loud as they normally would. But that's just their philosophy is just keep going until you until you find one that wants to play ball. What are your thoughts about that? Do you, what do you do differently, if anything, on public land than private land? Do you like to run and gun when you're on public land or I, I do I do, I do not use a decoy on public land I don't use a blind on public ground and uh, one of the old David Hill and I my partner we hunted a lot on public ground and we get out and we call these turkeys and if one answered one time that's great but we would never would go to him if he didn't answer twice or three times because a lot of times, a turkey, you get out and start cutting to him, they give you a 
courtesy gobble, I call it our shot gobble. Right. And uh, he's going to have to gobble two times or three before I leave the truck to go after him. So I don't get all excited on one just gobbling once. I, I'm like the person you're talking about, well, I really like to get, go to get one that's hot and fired up. And that's what I like, you know, is trying to find one that's really uh, cranked up, ready to go. Right. What are some of the strategies that you can share with us that'll help us have more success on the heavily pressured birds? You mentioned hunting midday, which is a fantastic strategy because for two reasons, there's less hunters in the woods and, and you're finding a turkey. If you can get one hot in the middle of the day, you got a real good chance of killing him. But what are some other strategies that you use on heavily pressured birds on public land? All right. When I hunt that morning, I take real, I listen real good and see many turkeys I hear. If it's only them good still mornings where I can hear a long way, I really, I'm taking inventory of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, them turkeys going to gobble in, for a few minutes, and then the most of the time they fly down, they probably start strutting around a hen or something. Right. But uh, I listen where they at. If I don't, if I'm not successful that morning, I feel good about going back that afternoon. I get back in that same area where I heard them, and most of the time, you know, they might be around a little creek bottom, or they might be around an old field or something. And I'm going to try to get as close as I can to where I them turkeys gobble. Because I've noticed a lot of times, an old gobbler, well, he'll always roost around, you know, where... He hears these hens. He hears them. Mm-hmm. He knows where them hens are roosting. He might not be in the same tree. He might be five trees over a, or a hill over. But he's keeping up with them. And what a turkey to do when they fly down, those hens has got one thing in mind. That's the feeding. They're going right. to take off walking. I call it a milk run. They just like they're going to make them a big <laughs> circle, milk run. And that old gobbler's going to strut right with them. And what's going to happen, he's going to strut, and they're going to end up almost in the same place they started out. Not in the same tree. Now, I'm going to get you up in the same tree and roost. Not in Kentucky and Tennessee, because we got millions of trees. Now, out in South Dakota, right. they might come back to the same tree, because they ain't got many big trees. They might come right. back to that old big cottonwood or something ever died. But here in Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama, you know, these turkeys are going to roost a different tree every night. And, uh, but he'll come back to the same area. And you just be in there and be patient. He's not going to start gobbling every breath like he will early in the morning, but he will around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. A lot of times, if he ain't got that hen in his side, he's going to try to find her. He's going to start gobbling. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I do with hunting in the afternoon. I, I sit there and I listen. And I try to get in that same area that uh, where I heard him that morning, you know, get as close as I can. And I have sit there, be sitting, you know, around an old field or something where you can see out in it. Of course, them turkeys like the fields, you know, in the afternoon. Right. And uh, I get around those. Uh, if I was hunting on public ground, I'd have me a decoy out, maybe a blind. But on private ground, I don't use many decoys at all, or public ground. And I just don't, uh, you know, I'm afraid of uh, hunter interference, you know, somebody coming up and seeing him, 
these decoys look real now. If somebody shoot one of them, I love being the in the target right. area where he shoot. And right. uh, that's the reason I don't take it. But I do use a decoy a lot. And Andy, another thing I've noticed a trend right now <clears throat> in the turkey hunting industry and the turkey hunter. And I talked a bunch. And I'm, I go to a lot of shows all over the United States. Talk to several thousand turkey hunters a year. Mm-hmm. And they, these turkey hunters now are taking these bands. And, and I can witness that with some of the people I'm hunting with. And I've done it to a certain extent with decoy. Take a fan and they walk it up on these turkeys, right. you know. And, uh, and a turkey thinks it's another gobbler. I'm sure strutting. That's what he thinks. And next thing you know, he's there in range. He shoots him, right. and that's fine. But I'm gonna tell you something. I just hope and pray that we don't have any fatalities doing that because I'm gonna tell you that that could be dangerous. Extremely. You know? And uh, I just I cringe every time I hear these kids. A lot of these young kids around here doing that. I just hope, hope so you got to identify a target, and boy, you know, that, that thing looks like a real turkey coming at you. Because most of them put a fan out there with a turkey head and, you know, get on their knees and walk, I told you, turkey. But that that's not my cup of tea. I still like to get out there and sit up and try to call him up. Right. And uh, it's, that's what I like to do, but, you know, I have to use decoys a blind sometimes. That's not my style hunting, but you have to do it a lot of times when you got a film crew with you trying to hide three or four people. You know, these wild turkey, they can see pretty damn blame good. <laughs> That's for sure. And and I think sometimes you, you have to do that if you want to fill a tag. You know, I, well, I you, can't you, stand sitting still on them when I'm turkey hunting because it just reminds me too much of deer hunting. But sometimes... Yeah. You just have to do it. Well, I told somebody this year that uh, I hunted several states, and and I felt like I was deer hunting about half the time. That's what, these turkeys were, wasn't responding all that good. And yeah, you can get out there in a field and put a decoy up, and you can kill a turkey. A lot of times he strut right up to you and fight that turkey and and decoy and and you put a show on. It just depends on what you like. You know, I enjoy about every aspect of it. I guess. But uh, my favorite is running and gunning, and uh, you just can't do that when you got cameras with you and, and uh, several people. You're just making too much mo- motion, and turkey gonna see you. Especially these dang old wild, wild eastern turkey. You oh, might yeah. get by. You might get by in Texas or some of your mirroring turkey doing that out west. I've I've hunted our. Uh, you know, out in uh, Nebraska and Kansas and and some of those states there where they got those hybrid turkey and stuff. And right. uh, they were very easy compared to the eastern turkey I'm used to hunting here. But I still enjoyed it. Absolutely. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for part three of episode seven, our interview with Harold Knight, where Harold is going to share with us some additional public land turkey hunting safety tips, and he's also going to share the story of his most recent turkey kill and what made that hunt successful. So be sure to tune in next week for that. Also, be sure to tune in to Harold's show, Sheffield's Ultimate Hunting, on the Outdoor Channel, 
It airs several times during the week, so be sure to check your local listings for that. Thanks again for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next week, and I hope you have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.